0: Welcome back to the Social Impact Level Up podcast. This is where we blur the lines between business, nonprofit, and impact. I'm your host, Wendy B, and I'm a social impact strategist, here to help you build a successful and sustainable legacy of social change. In this week's episode, we're gonna hear from a social entrepreneur who has been on a journey to change the world, just like you. If you are interested in social entrepreneurship, this is the place for you. Let's jump right into this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Social Impact Level Up podcast. We are here today to talk to one of my good friends, Kyle J. Sullivan, who is one of my favorite people to talk to in the mornings. Now, I've known Kyle for at least a year, and it's been really exciting to see the things that he's been building. Not only is he someone who keeps you motivated and has a lot of great jokes, but he's also the person who you want to hype you up whenever you have a bad day. (laughs) So, I appreciate Kyle's spirit. He has the perfect sentiment as a person to be a coach and to transform life. And so we're gonna talk today all about how he makes an impact, how he created his programs, what he does as a professional speaker, and all of the cool things that he has going on. So, Kyle, do you wanna do a quick intro? Because I'm sure I didn't do you justice for everything that you have going for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Wendy. I'm excited to, to have this conversation. And uh yeah, we met i gosh, probably twelve, eighteen months ago through uh through Clubhouse and uh, actually got to see each other in person, uh, which was super dope. But first and foremost, man, I'm a husband, I'm a father. Um, that's the group I love to influence most. And uh, outside of that, I'm a professional speaker. I get to travel the country and speak at events, and then from there, people get into the, the different coaching and consulting options that I have. But first and foremost, love being a husband, and father, and then the speaking. And uh, I. I like to say simply put I get paid to run my mouth and it's uh it's pretty amazing.
0: That's awesome. You do and you also have a podcast, right?
1: I do. Yeah, we uh Unleashed the Champ Leadership podcast today was at the time of this recording uh, 105 episodes in. So we're uh we're rocking and rolling now. It's 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 been a fun journey for sure.
0: So what have you learned through being, being a podcaster? Because you didn't, well, I think when I first met you was when you just started the podcast.
1: Yeah, so what, I started the podcast on selfish mode. I wanted to learn from dope people without insulting them by going, can I pick your brain? Because I had a mentor say, so never ask somebody if they can pick your brain, if you could pick their brain. Because you equate their knowledge, experience, and what they've gone through in life to... A five dollar cup of coffee. And so I started the podcast wanting to learn from amazing people. Achieved that 105 times. Uh, so it's been absolutely incredible. And I've just learned that it doesn't matter what I like to say our championship run is, the lessons are applicable regardless of the industry, regardless of the the struggles. May we all go through things in life that we can learn from? And that's the beauty of our podcast is that it is everybody on their championship run and it's the wins and losses along the way.
0: That's cool. That sounds so dope. And it's like you can learn through so many different stories, even if they're not exactly in your niche or they might have parallel journeys to you, but had different challenges. Like there's a lot of ways to learn from other people's stories. I love that idea. And, um, and I love, like, the transparency of the challenges, too. How did you come up with the idea to share challenges? Because sometimes it's difficult to, like, ask people about or to get people to talk about even.
1: Yeah, it, it can be. But what we know is that we, we learn more in the valley than at the peak of the mountaintop. And so I just tell people, like, hey, share as much as you feel comfortable with. But I think operating and giving that space for them to be like, yeah, dang, there's some stuff that sucks. And here's what I learned from it. That's that's the beauty of it is being able to say, hey, listen, what you've done is great. And even my first question out of the bio after we do the introduction is who are you behind the bio? Because we all put our best foot forward, we all make sure we look good, smell good, all online. But like, what's the stuff that like what's the stuff that you stepped in? Like, who are you behind all the accolades and the perfectly written bio and social profile? That's what I like to get. That's what I like to get into. And um, the questions just lend itself to that. And then we talk about expertise and everything. So it's a good balance of a show.
0: Now, how did you get to doing what you're doing now? Because so that that is, you've had your own journey, right? And I'm sure it's been full of peaks and valleys and <laughs> setbacks and really amazing Girl. wins. And, and you've been on big stages recently, like all kinds of cool up. So can you tell people a little bit more about your journey as a social entrepreneur and how you've been able to get to where you're, where you're at right now?
1: 100%. And I'll start it with the question. What do you think a kid born to two high school parents a drug dealer, a pastor, a D1 athlete, a husband, a father, a entrepreneur, founder of a company, and a professional speaker all have in common. They're all seasons of life for me.
0: <laughs> so they all sat down in a bar. Is that
1: <laughs> right. It's like the best start of a joke. It's all parts of my life. And even starting in the business. I mean, six, seven months ago, I was ready to just, like shut this thing down. And like, man, this like everybody's talking about, you know, recessionists and this. And as a as a coach and consultant, like this is this is discretionary expense. How I was framing myself and how I was positioning. And then I I got a few opportunities to speak at events, and I went through this uh, nationwide TV show that's like American Idol for professional speakers. And I had a click in my moment where I went, huh. Wonder if I can position myself. You know, we we marry the mission, but we date the model of business. And I realized, man, I can position myself as a speaker, activate my power base, and let that be the thing. Because 75% of people, their greatest fear is speaking in front of other folks. And so even in the last six months, I was ready to shut this thing down, call it a good two-year experiment, and go get me a J-O-B but I realized I didn't want to be just above broke. So I was going to keep going.
0: I I love that kind of transparency because I think I've had that same thought too. It's like, Oh man, wouldn't it be easier if I could just have the weekends off and I didn't have to worry about any of this marketing leads, people talking to me in calendly, nothing (laughs) zoom. (laughs) yeah.
1: Yeah. It would be a ton easier but it would be those of us crazy like you and I and those listening here man we're we're not built like that we're built different and because we're built different we have a different strength and we can't lose if we don't stop and that's that's the goal
0: yeah and I think that there's something in there about um, continuing to show up for yourself and your own mental capacity and mindset because we talk about that a lot on this podcast that it's continuing down the journey of making an impact and being an entrepreneur who's really focused on the impact as much as the profit because like you said there are times when it's like feast your famine. <laughs> you're like hey where is that profit it'd be great but you have to still continue to show up if you're going to make an impact even and it, it can't be about the profit it really can't <laughs> so 100 can, it, it can, it's great and it's nice and it's really helpful but it's ultimately you know if you're trying to look for that transformation you need to come and show up in order to get it, and the minute you quit, is the minute the opportunity for that transformation to continue happening ends.
1: Yeah, that's it. And I talk about a lot. You have to you have to be anchored to a big enough ship to keep going. And for me, how I got started in this was because I wanted to give presence of time, not just presence of things, to my family, and that was my anchor. Is my my daughter at the time, you know, we got two kiddos now, and I imagined like anybody taking like the Strength Finder. Futuristic is one of my top strengths, and so I imagined her coming to me one day saying, "Dad, I have this really great, secure, amazing thing, or I have this thing that I maybe can do. I'm I'm really excited about it. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't even know if I can do it. I wanted to be able to share stories." And- theories of taking a risk, betting on yourself, having the right mentality and mindset. And I couldn't, I couldn't in good conscience not do that for myself because she could look at me one day and go, dad, you say chase my dreams. Why didn't you chase yours?
0: Yeah. And it's hard to think of what you would say in that, in that story, you know, when you, when you had the opportunity and you could say, well, I tried, but then I decided that I didn't I didn't want to keep going. And like it just now becomes a whole other awkward mess.
1: <laughs> right. Absolutely. It's uh, you know, I, I'm excited and I'm already documenting the last two and a half years and sending emails to my kids that they'll get when they graduate high school. They'll get the username and password. And they're gonna have an 18 year diary from dad about what the last two and a half and the next 15 and a half years have been. And they're going to get, they're going to get the the playbook that dad has run and that they've experienced, but they, they going to get behind the scenes when they graduate high school.
0: That's a cool idea. It's like the um, time capsule and reverse, you know, you're <laughs> you're like bottling it all up and then it'll be delivered and ready for them. Um, that's so cool. I don't, how did you get that idea? How did you even think of that?
1: Well, I mean, people write journals, right? You know, they'll they'll journal and they write notes to their kids or whatever, and they'll hand them the books. And I just said, like, I'll spill coffee on a journal. Or, I'll, like, they could be chewed up by a dog. But as if the cloud goes down, we got bigger issues than my kids knowing the last 18 years of their life journey for death. And so I just felt like it was a way to store and document the journey for them. And said okay i'm going to create an email address for him and uh so Grace sullivan at gmail.com and Grant sullivan at gmail.com are taken because dad got
0: (laughs) and dad's been filling the boxes with emails and not spam um and can you imagine 18 years later getting into an email box that's absolutely spam free because like nobody sends you any emails except for your dad like that would be so unreal i think that's really cool um that's a cool concept i love the idea and i I love it as a way to connect with your kids through technology too, because we have so many different platforms and things come and go. And like you said, you know, the cloud, what I, we'll hope it's still be there, but what the no else will be there in addition to that. Um, and so, you know, just using technology as a way to connect with your kids, it's a good, that's a good example. So I wanted to go back to the idea of um, you as a coach, because you, you were talking about you as a speaker. And using that as a platform to get into sort of the other the other ways that you work with people. And one of them is through coaching. And can you tell a little bit more about like what is it like to work with you? What kind of coaching do you focus on? And what are the transformations that they can expect after working with you?
1: Yeah, I love that. And I got the greatest definition of my coaching like a month ago from a client. So we had been working together, and I said, hey, how would you refer me? How would you talk about my coaching? And this is what they said. You're like a teddy bear with a stick of dynamite in the middle of it. Because my coaching style, I was a pastor for 12 years. like And so my style is empathetic. Oh, I'm going to ask questions. We're going to pull it out of you. We're going to build this very predictable plan for you to get results. But if you show up, you show up one time, didn't hit all your goals, all right, cool. You show up a second time, it's gonna be like the coach in the locker room that just grabbed your face mask and like we're gonna have some conversations because why would you invest in something? Why would you pay if you're not paying attention? Right. And so the transformation that happens is we focus holistic. So champ is an acronym. At Unleasha Champ, we align your calling, your heart, your altitude, your mindset, your performance. We build your playbook to predictable success. And then we set targets. Personally with your body, relationally to yourself and others, emotionally what's between the ears, and then and only then professionally because you align those first three, the professional things will take care of itself and you have the umbrella of the playbook to know whether or not you're on the right track or not.
0: That's cool. There's so many frameworks and and conversations just in all of that (laughs) that I could dig into. But I love the idea that you have to kind of focus on all these other things first. And then the professional part comes after, because that's sort of what I've been telling people as well. It's like you at least your wellness and your holistic wellness, which includes a lot of those facets, needs to be um, at a certain level of stability, I guess is the word. For you to be able to thrive in other ways. And that includes professionally. But one that you mentioned also. Is to show up for your family. And in the relationships that you have. And I think that that's really extremely important. People forget about like your social well-being. And how that even supports you. Through your journey of entrepreneurship as well. So can you talk a little bit more. About that relational aspect?
1: Yeah. So 2018. My wife on a. I remember as a spring evening, she had cooked dinner once again. She had eaten by herself once again because I was late once again. And I get home and she I'm eating like the first bite of this meal and she's still sitting at the table, even though she's done. We don't have kids at the time. And out of her mouth comes, I think we're roommates.
0: That's the worst. Nobody wants to hear that.
1: And I went, what? He said, I feel like we're roommates. And you see, at the time, I was, at the, I, I was in ministry. I was at a, one of the largest churches in America. I had all this influence. I had all this accolades. I had, had a boy. Mm-hmm. You're crushing it. Keep going. Keep pushing. Keep doing this. And while she showed up to church on the weekends, and everybody told me how amazing and how much I served them. And oh, Kyle is incredible. And she's going, mad. I wish I just got half of that. I get the scraps. Everybody else gets the main course. And that set me on a journey to understand that, one, I have to be relationally selfish to develop me first and intentional about how I am developing the relationships closest to me, my wife, now my kids, my close friends, and then everybody else. And so one of the things you talk about a transformation that happens when people work with me is them getting permission to be selfish for themselves so they can be anything to anybody else. Like that flip happens when because people are like, oh, I just want to be a servant leader. I want to be a servant leader. And it's like, no, you need to serve yourself so you can lead others. And that was a thing for me, is because I had gotten in a place where I was just giving, 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 giving everybody that ultimately didn't matter. And so when I flipped it and I said, I'm gonna start taking care of me. I'm going to cheat some time of sleep. I'm gonna cheat some time of what I what my preference would be, and I'm gonna develop me. High tide rises all boats, right? And then I'm going to say, okay, what does my wife need? Okay, she needs me to show up as the man that protects, provides, and presides. She needs me to show up as the man that I'm supposed to be. And there's some roles that only I can feel. I know we in a day and age where everybody can be anything. No, they can't. Not in my belief. Like, we can all strive, but we have our roles. And that's agreed upon in a relationship. There's things that she handles. There's things that I handle. And so that was the thing is we had to get clear. I had to know how to communicate with her because I was terrible. Like, how how are you doing? Fine. It's taken me the last like four years to be able to start a sentence with my wife that says, I feel blank. Because I had all these preconceived notions like, man, don't talk about their emotion. And after that, Paid my counselor a lot of money to get that one thing right. That
0: one statement. The
1: <laughs> one statement. I thought I had two emotions: pissed off and really no. excited. the feelings will? Nah, fam. I had the feelings like straight line. It's one or the other.
0: You didn't have a whole chart of emotions. If you had two options, <laughs> I had
1: two. I was either real excited or real not excited. Both came out. It's energy, but it was very different energy. And so the relational piece is getting clear on, like, who do you want to be in relationship? Like, even with my wife and I now, like, I call her the director of home affairs for Unleash the Champ because that sounds way cooler. Stay-at-home mom. And, my God, if I had I I've done all the things she's done, she got like a girl's night or a girl's weekend or she needs a time i'm like boo shout out to you because i ain't built for all this i'm gonna go talk to adults and you handle the two toddlers and all the stuff at the house and that's our roles and so the relational piece it starts with yourself those closest to you and it spans out from there but we oftentimes have it inverted where we focus on everybody else then those closest to us, then if we got some left over, we'll shoot ourselves a little time. And I just think it, it has caused so many people to burn out, to give up, to not go for things because they don't even they don't even take care of themselves while they're trying to serve everybody else.
0: And I've even had it where the relationship that I was in almost, it seemed like served a purpose to hear about all of the garbage from everybody else like you're the the person that absorbs all of that negative energy that's, you know, due to not at all you, but everything else this other person has encountered. And it's really hard to live in that way and to thrive as a person, no matter what your roles are in the household. Right. And so I think that that's an important part of it too, is how can we continue to be, like you said, like the, the vessel that we're supposed to be to serve our purpose, but then also still thrive and have a fulfilling life for ourselves and part of that is you know as social creatures we do have relationships we don't live in a vacuum we live with others or in contact with others more often than not (laughs) so you have to think about that like how can you serve all these other people if you're not able to refill yourself and then also refill the people closest to you and i think that that's a really good point um And then the other thing that you said that was really, I think, a a great lesson is um, when your wife said, you are serving so many other people, but I feel undervalued. And like, that is something that I'm sure a lot of people's, um, especially when they're in that servant leadership role, I'm sure a lot of people's families in general have felt that before. And I think that that's something that sometimes in social entrepreneurship, we gloss over. So I wanted to go back to that. And say that's a lot of wisdom for your wife to bring that up and for you guys to have that kind of relationship to communicate that. But can you talk more about what that does to people when you're like people closest to you feel like they're showing a blast on your priority list?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going to give people breakthrough in two phrases. I'm going to give people breakthrough in two phrases. If you're listening right now, you watch it, say two phrases to yourself, two phrases. You train people how to treat you, and no is a complete sentence. You train people how to treat you, and no is a complete sentence. Those are the things that come in my mind a lot. I rarely say yes immediately. Why? Because if I'm always available as I was, I always got to be available hey, if something's from 6.30 to 8.30, I'm going to stay from like 6.45 to 7.38. I'm rarely at something the entire time. And if it's like a come and go, like if something starts on time, like I'll be there. But like, if it's just like a come and go networking thing, we're just going to hang. No, y'all ain't going to have me the whole time. And so from that, People know, like, I'm a very predictable individual. I am either at the gym, I'm in route to take my kids to daycare, I'm at one of two coffee shops in my city, or I'm at home. That's it. I'm a very predictable individual. People, and two, people want to schedule time with me, you go to my Calendly and you want to pick an in-person coffee chat, you get two options. One of the two coffee shops that I'm already going to be at. Congratulations. And, but that came from me going, because people want to meet together, right? And we're, we're social creatures. We want to serve. And we go, well, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Where can we meet up? And you go have this back and forth thing. Nuh uh. You want to meet with me in person? It's at this place or this place. You decide. And again, people love it because it takes away the decision fatigue. Well, what part of town are you in? How long will it take you to get there? Hey, this. No, you've got your calendar and my calendar. These are the two places. Pick the one closest to you. I don't mind coming, but we come into one of these two places. That's it.
0: That makes it so easy for people. Yes.
1: And here's another thing. Like, I, my, my fitness journey has transformed in the last two years and again if someone wants to eat lunch with me it's at one of maybe three places because i already know what i can eat there and so again how do we protect the relationships to ourselves and others while also fostering good relationships is understanding that you train people how to treat you and no is a complete sentence. You ever wonder how no one wants you to justify a yes with an answer, but they always want a justification for why you can't do something? If yes is a complete sentence, so is no. Can you do this? Yes. Great. They don't care what you got to shift or move or whatever. Can I do this? No. And they look at you like, "Well, you going to tell me why? No, I'm not. It could be, I want to do it. People listening to this that know me, they about to get a hack that I use. I could say, no, I got a meeting. That meeting could be with myself. But guess what? I got a meeting.
0: It's all my calendars. Me, myself, and I have a meeting together. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the, the no is a complete sentence. I think people forget because then when you say no, The person's expecting you to still further accommodate, right? Like there's a a second pause that's like, okay, well, you didn't give me an excuse. Fine. But can you now give me what I want still at a different time or with a different slant or whatever? Because I don't, I don't accept just a no. (laughs) And I think that that's really where I always go wrong. Because I know for me that I'm like, okay, well, let me try to accommodate it at this time. But I'm going to take your advice now. I'm going to be like, no, Kyle said no.
1: <laughs>
0: and
1: again, you choose, like, if someone wants to meet with me. I'll say, hey, give me your phone number. I'll text them in front of them my calendar. Book a time. When you book a time, it's only going to be so many a week. It's only going to be one or two places. There you go. And I had somebody that's been a homie for a while. I sent them my calendar to have a phone call. And they're like, oh, you big-timing me now? I'm like, no, I'm just dialed into my my schedule. Like, bro, we could, we could well, let's get together. Let's get on the phone. If that's all that happens, we're going we to be in the same spot three months from now going, man, we should have thought. Yeah. You could have booked some.
0: We could have already had like three conversations. (laughs) The initial conversation, two follow-ups, and one where it included action.
1: (laughs) Totally. Totally.
0: And so I I just love...
1: You know, Wendy, I just love when people, like, when, when people take control of their life, their relationship, their schedules, We are so scheduled in every other area besides relationships. And that's why the relationships closest to us get the scraps. But if you're listening to this, you're watching this, choose today to make it where you schedule the people that are most important over the people that are not. And that next client, the next deal, that next whatever, that next networking deal, that next whatever, that trip, if it ain't, If it don't produce connections or cash flow, it's a no-go.
0: Wait, can you say that again? Because that was really good.
1: If it don't produce connections or cash flow, it's a (laughs) no-go.
0: I need to put that on a sticky on my wall. (laughs) That's good. No, it's so funny. And I think, especially with social entrepreneurship, we try to really extend ourselves to support others so much but we forget that you know there needs to also be a purpose to our connections and so we're not just out there talking to everybody giving our time to everybody or having all these different conversations for no reason it really does have to be driven by a specific outcome and you know even the cash flow is going to equal impact so right. it's like hey we're trying to get to a goal here and our time needs to be spent wisely. And I think even for me, I've had to like realize that my schedule got off somewhere and I needed to get back into reset mode and reschedule myself. And I've had to go back into my calendar take old appointments off and put new time blocks in and give myself new parameters and then make new habits to match the new schedule. And I don't think we, um, When you see somebody else doing it, you kind of don't think it takes that much work. But when you do it and then you have to start putting in that barrier to say, no, this is my this is my schedule. This is how I work. This is how my company works. This is how I flow. It's yeah, it can be awkward for some people sometimes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, Wendy, the people that are upset when you have boundaries in place are the same people that benefited when you had none.
0: That's so true. Oh my gosh. I feel like uh, those people get really comfortable in the space that they're in. And then when you start putting a boundary, it's there like, no, no ma'am or no, sir, I'm not interested in the boundaries you've decided to establish right here. Um, That's it. Yeah. So I want to hear in, in the work that you're doing now, and um, as you're thinking about going forward with the different programs that you have, how are you making an impact? Like where, what is it gonna look like for you? What is your goal? Like, what are you trying to really change? <laughs> like what's this big vision that you have you know, whatever way you wanna answer it or say it, but what are you really working for?
1: Yeah, the immediate vision with Unleash the Champ is for people to stop playing small and, and dreaming smaller. The, the ways in which we do it, whether it's our morning accountability calls, the red zone, whether it's our our leadership mastermind that goes every week, the locker room, whether it's all access or, you know, that's the one-on-one or maybe it's, you know, busy executives that just need a timeout. Like, we have multiple ways for people to do that one thing. Stop playing small and dreaming smaller. Ultimately, what all of this is going to, the, the impact this will have is all to fund a foundation. I've not said this publicly on a podcast, so you heard it here fir- first, folks, is to create a foundation called Champ and Friends. Champ and Friends is going to be designed and executed to go into elementary, middle school, and high schools and teach age-appropriate leadership so that those students can stand on the shoulders of others of us that learn through standing on other's shoulders, but they can do it at a much earlier age in a way that appeals to them so that they can be set up for success much sooner than way maybe we had to do it and learn through the School of Hard Knocks. They'll be able to stand on our shoulders and learn the lessons we've learned.
0: That's a really cool legacy. And I think having those kinds of programs that are you know, informed by people's lived experience and are available to young people. I love that people like social entrepreneurs now are thinking more in this idea of evidence-based curricula and trying to help the schools augment what is traditional like traditionally taught in the educational environment with life skills that are traditionally not taught but very necessary <laughs> when we're older as adults and we have to stumble upon them through lived experience versus having a more meaningful way to acquire those skills so it sounds like you're imagining how can, we re, how can we do this better, essentially?
1: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's, that idea started because I was annoyed that I couldn't find good books that taught leadership principles for my kids. There's a handful out there. Tim Tebow's got some with his foundation. Uh, a couple other people have gotten, you know, good things. But for me, I'm going, well, if I can't find it, I must create it. And that's what we're working towards.
0: That's cool. I'm glad we got the exclusive and I know that it's going to be an exciting thing for kids. And hopefully um, a lot of schools will see the value in that because it's one of those pillars of how do you, you know, make good citizenship in schools? How do you keep behavior and academic achievement and all those things? They want those outcomes. How do you keep those in line with personal development? Which I think is a, you know, a really good goal. Yeah, that's cool. And so for um, the last question I wanted to ask you is just to think about where you want people to find you. Like, what is it that people should be contacting you for? If they were excited about this episode, if they heard something cool that they were like, oh, that was really, really resonated with me and I found a lot of value in it. And I want to work with Kyle. What would that look like? And how do they how do they get to you?
1: Yeah, so the hub for everything I got going on on unleashthechamp.com. But how to identify yourself uh, as somebody that wants to move forward is if you do find yourself being complacent right now. If you're listening or watching this and going, man, my 60% is other people's 100%, and so I'm complacent, I'm a little frustrated, I may not know why, you may be a good option for me. If you're somebody that's leading a team, but you got promoted because you were a great producer, now you got to be a great leader, You're a fit for me. If you're an executive wondering how can you empower and delegate to a younger generation as somebody that's a couple generations older, but you want the longevity of your company to expand and you don't want people to go elsewhere because they'll never leave an organization, but they will leave a leader. We should have a conversation. And so those are three very distinct purposes that we serve. And that if you find yourself in that, holler at me. Kyle at Kyle or you can fill out the connect form on our website at unleashthechamp.com.
0: Awesome. Those are re- three places that I've definitely seen a lot of people go through and struggle through on their own. So you heard it here. If you need coaching and support through those kinds of experiences in life, which I think are pretty common <laughs> for a lot of people, feel free to hit up Kyle at unleashthechamp.com. And we're so excited to have you here, friend. Thank you. I guess we did get to hang out in person. So definitely in-person hugs virtually to you and to your family and just wishing you everything the best and love watching your journey. So thanks for being here.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Wendy.
0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Social Impact Level Up podcast. It's been awesome to interview today's guest, and I hope that you leave inspired to take action. If you're looking for any of the information we spoke about, it's probably down in the show notes. Make sure that you're checking them out and you're clicking on any of the links that seem exciting to you. If you are looking for a coach or a consultant to help you with your social impact or your sustainability, reach out to me via my, via my website, hop on my email list, or jump into one of my programs. All of the links are below. So excited to have you as part of the collective. Make sure that you come back and join us for another episode next week.